Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Could Texas A&M look to the Big 12 Conference for the replacement for Jimbo Fisher? Also, who had the worst loss of the week in the Big 12 Conference? I guess outside of Oklahoma State, you could ask that as an actual question. We all know the worst one was for the Cowboys. We debate that and more on today's Big 12 Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors. We are here on Crystal Ball College Football. We are part of the 365 Sports Network. Here also, uh, once again, on YouTube, also wherever you all get your podcasts. Please like the video, subscribe to the channel as well. That always helps us uh, get this thing out to as many folks as possible. And also leave your comments as well. The review episode about the winner's circle who won this past week in the Big 12 Conference. That is up. You all can check that out now. Uh, Here on this Monday, we do the Loser's Corner, but... We got a big piece of news in college football today, uh, on Sunday, I should say. So Texas A&M has decided that they are going to pay the $76 million buyout to get rid of Jimbo Fisher. This was a contract that former AD Scott Woodward uh, gave. Now Ross Bjork, obviously, is the athletic director. They reworked the deal after the 2020 season. Uh, and that's the one where obviously AM had a really good year. Uh, and since then, they have been pretty average, obviously. But if you see the fact that Texas AM is willing to flip the bill to fire Jimbo Fisher, that obviously means they're willing to invest a hefty sum of money into whoever their next football coach is going to be. And I think that should lead us all to believe that there are some Big 12 coaches out there who could be candidates for this job. Um, I think it's natural to stand that for a couple of reasons. Number one, where is Texas A&M located? It is located in the state of Texas. What is like the base of the Big 12 conference? Well, it is the state of Texas, right? That is the anchor. Uh, Basically, every single Big 12 team recruits the state of Texas. So that has to be factored in there uh, as well. The second reason why? Well, the Big 12's got a lot of really good coaches, whether it be rising stars, whether it be guys who have been around for a long time, whether it be offensive-minded or defensive-minded. The Big 12 has a plethora of coaches that I would deem to be very desirable for this job. If you don't agree with me, that's fine. I'm going to read from Ross, uh, Ross, from Adam Rittenberg. Adam Rittenberg, obviously a senior writer at ESPN. He has got his top tier candidates listed and also the best of the rest. So he posits that the top tier candidates are uh, Mike Elko of Duke, UTSA's Jeff Trailer, and Oregon's Dan Lanning. So these three candidates are interesting, obviously, for a, a variety of reasons. But the reason why I think it's it's good to focus on these is, look, you mentioned Jeff Trailer, and you mentioned what he has done. You know, there are two coaches 
in the state of Texas coaching in college right now that I think are great candidates for some Big 12 jobs, particularly a job like a Houston, if that were to open. And I would say UTSA's Jeff Trailer is one of those coaches, as is Texas State's G.J. Kinney after the season that Texas State is having with the portal. And also, he is a whole lot like Jeff Trailer. He wants that to be the model, but also to showing that he can portal things up in one year. And uh, you know the folks at Texas A&M. I mean, it's irrational, right? This is not a program that has done a ton of winning. When you think about like what they're going to expect, they want some kind of hire. I mean, I have to expect they want some kind of hire that's going to make them excited, excite the donors, excite the fan base, excite recruits. All of those things are things that the A&M program will be chasing. And I think Jeff Trailer, like Kenny, outside shot, maybe, but Trailer's a guy that because of the continued success he has had at UTSA, he is a natural fit. And look, has this UTSA season been as good as other seasons? No, but this is the run that he's currently on seven and five, uh, 12 and two, 11 and three, and seven and three. And also, they're six and oh in the conference this year there is a chance that UTSA could have another 10-win season this year. Three consecutive 10-win seasons or even a nine-win season at a place like UTSA. I know the conference changes, whatever, but like that's very, very impressive for a coach like a Jeff Trailer. The thing that we know about Trailer is that we know he has got those Texas connections, obviously from high school and into college. He has spent time coaching at both, you know, Big Sandy High School, Jacksonville High School, Gilmer High School, the three in Texas. Also, he did coach at University of Texas. He's coached at SMU. Arkansas is in the area, right, too, of the, you know, the, kind of the greater the South region, right? And then obviously at UTSA, he is from Gilmer, Texas. He played at Stephen F. Austin. So he has got all of these credentials. He's 55, so he spent some time, but still, like, this would be his big stop. He seems like a premium candidate for this job. Also, too, he is a premium candidate for Big 12 jobs, if any of those were to open, right? I would say Houston opening up is a possibility. And look, I don't think West Virginia opens up, and I don't think he'd leave for a job like a West Virginia, right? But that's a possibility there. I don't think Mike Gundy's leaving Oklahoma State, but like Oklahoma State should consider him if he does leave. And I don't think, once again, Mike Gundy is not going to leave, I don't think. But, um, you know, obviously that's somebody we have to think about. So, right. So Kenny is one of the guys I think of, but mostly Jeff trailer, right? Kenny outside shot, not proven enough. Trailer's got enough traction with, I think folks in Texas to be a prime candidate and Adam Rittenberg agrees. And, and Adam, I trust on a lot of this stuff. So if Adam sees him as a prime candidate and I kind of feel the same way, like, you know, I, I feel pretty comfortable saying that I'm not at odds with this. And I think Mike Elko obviously is a prime candidate too. You you track down Mike Elko's lineage and what he has done, right? And, you know, success, the fact that he actually was was at Texas A&M, right? The success that he had in three seasons there. Even though he's a Northeast guy, the fact you can track back his time there and the success he's already had as a coach, I think makes him a pretty desirable guy to have, um, you know, on that list. And then, I mean, if you pull off Dan Lanning, good for you, man. I think Dale Lanning's awesome. Uh, I think he is, you know, he's, he, he just seems energy-wise, what a hire. They're going to have to throw the kitchen sink at him right now to get him. Oregon's got a ton of resources. Even though 
you know, I, and I like their chances to be good in the Big Ten too. And I, I think it's a really good fit for Dan Lanning. I think his energy matches Oregon. I, I think like the Nike plus a young guy like that is just it's just a good fit. Uh, I know AM's got all the money in the world and say what you want about them, but to me right now, that's a really good fit at Oregon. But hey, if, if you're if you're the folks down there, they you store the kitchen sink, right? You definitely should. The best of the rest is interesting. He's got Lane Kiffin. He's got Kalen DeBoer. He's got Sonny Dykes. He's got Chris Kleiman. So, uh, and, and Adam makes an important distinction here. That's something I want to bring up. As time goes on, Dykes' ability to get TCU to the national championship game in his first uh, season at the school will be appreciated even more. The 2022 National Coach of the Year grew up in Texas, knows the state extremely well, light trailer. He would be able to connect with the Aggie alums. You like the fact that he can do that. He can connect with those folks. Obviously, his dad's lineage as well in the state of Texas is a big plus for him too. He's 54. He's got multiple 10-win seasons, uh, you know, to his credit. Obviously, the Cal thing didn't go very well, but that was a bad fit. It felt like it was a bad fit in the beginning. I mean, if you think TCU season this year hurts his candidacy, I understand that, but it depends, like, what are you looking for out of a coach, right? If you were to say consistency, then no, I, I wouldn't say Sonny Dykes is the number one guy that I'm looking for. But if you're like, Matt, I'm looking for that peak performance, you know, because like the thing was like Jimbo Fisher was, I mean, you know, consistently average. Um, and the problem for them was they were not sitting at like nine and three punching up. Like that, that's where AM is to me because at, at their peak. Because if you look at AM's past, AM is not a program that's succeeding always at a super high level. This is not a program that lives at nine and three and gets to 10 and two and, and, and is able to get over that hump. We'll see what the schedule looks like, but. Hey man, the fact that you're adding Oklahoma and Texas to the mix in the Southeastern Conference does not help your chances. So if you're looking to to, to maybe get those high highs, Sonny Dykes is your guy. Now you might experience a few more lows than you want, but that's part of it. If you want that consistency, this one's interesting. Chris Kleiman. After the Fisher experiment failed, AM might be best served just finding a really good coach even if he's not overly flashy. Kleiman's 56. He certainly checks those boxes. He led Kansas State to the 2022 Big 12 title and boasts a 37 and 23 mark at the school, which includes several signature wins over Oklahoma. Kleiman won four FCS national championships at North Dakota State while taking the K-State job, before taking the K-State job. His teams play a sound, physical brand of football that would resonate with Texas A&M after the Fisher era. Although Kleiman hasn't coached in Texas, his time in the Big 12 has increased his connection to the state and the region. This is a very good point from Adam. You know, I was thinking about, hey, like if you were to go with a coach from the Big 12, that is about consistency. I think the guys that you you would circle, the you'd circle four, right? You would circle uh, Matt Campbell, Chris Kleiman, uh, um, uh, totally blanking. Uh, Lance Leipold, right, and Mike Gundy, and which ones feel realistic? Well, it, it feels like the first three we mentioned outside of Gundy have a bit more of a connection to the Big Ten jobs, right? They just they've coached in that area a bit more. But the one thing Adam does make a good point about here is the fact that the time in the Big Twelve, as I mentioned earlier, it does strengthen your bond 
to the state of Texas because hell, you cannot coach in this conference unless you recruit Texas well, for the most part, honestly. Um, that is a big part of what you have to do. And in a place like Kansas and Kansas State, right, it's not that far away. You do need to be recruiting those places well enough, right? It is It is you know, straight shot down, obviously. So with that in mind, I do think Kleiman gives you that, hey, you'll live at nine and eight and four, nine and three, and you'll have the ability to punch up at 10 and two, 11 and one. Because if we're looking out there and we're saying that, like, Dan Lanning is a coach that I would say the most gives you a chance to be 10 and two, 11 and one, year in and year out, because it feels like he is just exploding off the page right now. Maybe it's a one year thing at Oregon, right? Maybe it's just this season and then, you know, last season together, too. Like, maybe that's what this thing is right now with Dan Lanning at Oregon, right? Uh, you know, like his, his time as a coordinator, I mean, um, you know, and, and, you know, what he's putting together at Oregon right now, like make him, uh, obviously his guys flash the page, right? 10 and three last season, Georgia coordinator time, nine and one this season. It's really popping at you and it might pop at AM, but it would take a whole lot to get him away from there. All right. It's going to take a ton to make that happen. So out of the coaches who are like realistic, you know, like, does anybody explode like that? Like James Franklin's uh, listed here too. Does he do that for you? Um, you know, does, does our guy, uh, uh, James Franklin at Penn state, does he do that for you? Right. Does Ole Miss Lane Kiffin, does he do that for you? Or you have to take a chance on like a Deion Sanders to be the guy that pops for you year in and year out. Like to me, it's a guy who just does not have that full, like there's nobody you can get that's just going to bank you a, a bunch of wins. To me, if you want to win nine games every single year, like Lincoln Riley is like the guy right now, once you start punching above your weight class, it's not going to go very well for you. We've seen that for Lincoln Riley. His defenses have not been good enough. And this year, heck, he might only win eight games, right? But for this program, for AM, they want to be living at nine and three, 10 and two. That's what they want to be. And they really want to live at 10 and two, but that's, I don't think that's possible. And there's nobody, it's a sure thing. You know, they might do their best to try to get Urban Meyer out of retirement, but like, I don't think it makes much sense. So those Big 12 coaches might be their best bet. Those guys who are consistent winners that, you know, Kleiman's shown the ability to win the Big 12 championship already at Kansas State. And look, they might go back this year, probably not, but they still might have a chance to win 10 games this year if they went out. And, and they, you know, it looks like they might have the opportunity to win out, right? They're going to be favorites in Farmageddon. And they'll also be a favorite against Kansas in those two rivalry games. They should be favored. And so if you think about that, like he's got that program at a great spot and he's won national championships at a level below, like he makes sure that you're going to maintain that floor. You might have questions about the ceiling, but your floor has been too low if you're Texas A&M. So what I'm trying to say here is I'm not asking for them to take the coach. I'm not saying he needs to leave, but if we're having an honest conversation about like what guys like Lance Leipold and Matt Campbell and Chris Kleiman bring to your program, it's that consistency. Like Sonny Dykes hit that high, high, but obviously he's not a guarantee of a floor, right? He is not guaranteeing you a high floor. They might miss a bowl game this year, but he showed an extremely high ceiling as the national coach of the year. And I wouldn't be surprised if TCU wins the Big 12 next year at all, right? They portal that thing hard, the money and resources and where they're located and the way the conference is changing. Would anybody be surprised? No, you shouldn't. But this team, th this program needs to establish their floor in the new SEC first so they can worry about a ceiling. Unless they're like, hey, we're just hope we'll, we'll go seven and five, 
eight and four. And every five years, you want a chance to be 11 and one, right? Like you're, you're not going to be living at that nine win floor. You're kind of hoping for you. You don't, you don't care about that. They've got some choices to make. They do. Now it seems like the money, the money is unlimited, right? And I, I think at this point in time though, they should just go for a good coach. Like Jimbo's offense was just outdated. You could clearly tell it was outdated. He updated. I mean, the recruiting has been really good and like they need to maintain those parts of the program, obviously. And I need to maintain those parts of the program, the facilities, all that stuff. But the coaching just needs an upgrade. And like the decision making to hire coordinators, some of these guys that I've mentioned has been very, very good. Um, and the Petrino thing didn't even work out, you know, at AM this year. Obviously, the quarterback situation was tough for them. So there's a whole lot that goes into this, obviously. It goes without saying, but do I trust AM to just go for a decent good coach? And I'm not even saying it's gonna be a Big 12 guy like a Mike Elkin. No, I don't. Right. But they should go for a trailer. They should go for a um, you know, a, a guy like a, uh, a Chris Kleiman, right? And uh, I hope they don't because I hope I want to see Jeff Trailer in the Big 12. I want to see Chris Kleiman continue to be in the Big 12. That's what I say about all of these coaching hires that we always talk about. But there is a strong possibility that these guys could get poached because these Big 12 programs do not have that kind of money. And it might be good they don't because this is funny money. It's just ridiculous to be throwing $70 million at a coach and nearly $80 million at a coach not to coach at all. It's just ridiculous. Um, so I'm glad the Big 12 teams try to make better business decisions. It's, it, it just looks good in the universities and all that kind of stuff. Because like the funny money, obviously, is not helping out AM. It's helping out Alabama, sure, and Georgia, right? But they've got these great program leaders at the helm. You know, it, it doesn't always help out programs like Auburn and AM. So I think you have to think about it that way too. All right. Who has fallen apart upon hard times this week in the Big 12 conference? Kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, Daddy. That's hard time. Thank you, Dusty. So who fell on hard times this week? Uh, am I letting anybody off the hook? I'm not letting anybody off the hook. This late in the season, we're not going to do that. The one school I could let off the hook is Kansas. I, th I think that could be fair, obviously, with the quarterback injury. But still, you're at home. You're a good team. You're an improving team. But with the third-string quarterback, maybe I do let you off the hook. So you're there off the hook. But really, I mean, who else? Like TCU for the kind of loss they had. It's not too bad, but you needed a massive rally in the fourth quarter to even make that a close game, right? And also now you're four and six. So I do give you kind of a, you know, I, I guess like a partial pass, right? But not really a whole lot. West Virginia, you should not have lost by, you should not have given up 60 points. You should not be losing by nearly 40. Um, I'm not going to excuse that. Baylor's terrible, but I'm not going to excuse them, obviously losing by 34, uh, you know, and then Houston, I mean, that might be the worst. And also BYU too, I'm not going to excuse you losing as well. So there's some teams on the hook. But the main team we have to focus on is Oklahoma State, just getting dog walked the way they did by UCF. And I know it was the Citronaut game, and I know they don't lose that game when they've got those unis and all those kinds of things, right? But for them to show up like that, like Oklahoma State's got one kind of way-ish to beat you, right? They need to be able to establish the run. They have to get that going, and they were not able to in this game. Clearly, that was not able to get going for them. And so because of that, like they like to mix that, that pass in with them. But as soon as that was downhill, it was just over. And the guys kind of lost focus. And it's weird because like I think it's okay. These games happen, and they've won a lot of really close games. 
And I don't think they're that like amazing of a team, but man, you just wanted to see a bit more out of them, right? As a team that right now we still think is a pretty good shot of representing the hateful eight and being in the big 12 championship game. And you know, like, like, okay, can they give Texas game? Sure they could, but man, not that version, not that version. And Look, like I, I thought Alan Bowman would need his best game to beat Oklahoma, and he did need his best game, and they barely beat Oklahoma, right? Um, he's going to need to bring his best game again. They're going to need to get Ollie Gordon back on track, too, to beat Texas if they played in the Big 12 championship game. And nobody has run the ball against Texas. This is just the wrong time of the season for Oklahoma to drop an egg like that. Now, maybe I could be wrong, and they start playing well, and this was the one that, you know, hey, just like the egg we laid and we got past it, and now rest of the way, we're clean. The system's all cleaned out, right? We're all good to go. We got it out of our system. We shook it out. All right, now we're locked and loaded. We're good the rest of the way. That does not feel like what happened here, though. It could be partially, but it's not for sure what happened here. So obviously, that's the big one here. Talk about hard times. Oklahoma State's, uh, you know, big-time loss to UCF. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. All right, folks, talk to you tomorrow.